0: Welcome to Legal News and Review, recipient of the Florida Bar Award of Excellence. Legal News and Review, the only real problem-solver radio program using the law, with your moderator, Philip Bell, and hosts and legal panel attorney, Gary Singer, chair of the Broward County Bar Association's Real Property Section. Gary Singer is board-certified in real estate law and a syndicated columnist from the Sun-Sentinel. He is an expert in his field of practice. Now, here's your moderator, Philip Bell.
1: On the docket for today's broadcast, nearly one-third of all federal wage and hour lawsuits are filed each year in Florida. And the United States Supreme Court made it a lot harder for you to sue your employer through what's called mandatory arbitration. Today. We're going to be discussing employment law, protecting businesses and employers' rights. Featuring from the Defender of Businesses, uh, who looks out for the little guy, from Addie Amit PA, law firm, is founder Addie amett But first, I'd like to welcome the legal panel for today, Gary Singer. Good afternoon. Mr. Phil, how are you today? Good, good. It's always a pleasure to see you. Glad to it's be seen. Good to see you in men's clothes for a change. Well, I usually oh. see me in my shorts. <laughs> oh. And Eric
2: Yankwit. Always oh, wearing
3: men's clothes. <laughs> and proud of it. And you know,
2: he's always so happy when I'm not wearing men's clothes, so I don't understand why he's complaining now. But that's another story. Phil's not Phil is happy. Yeah, I, I have no opinion. Well, I,
1: I've already welcomed you guys, and that's enough welcome. But yeah, I can make a dress look but good. I, more <laughs> importantly, I'd like to welcome our listeners on 96.9 FM, 103.9 FM, along with 7.40 AM. And, of course, our national listeners on iHeart, TuneIn, and in iRadio Now apps. Good afternoon. And don't forget to check us out, the, the production, on Facebook. Facebook Legal News and Review, and you can actually see the production. And and go check out our new podcasting. Wow, everything's moving fast here. Just Google Legal News and Review Podcast, and we come right up. We're in over eight major podcasting sites. Today, we're producing at the Kelly Ustall Building in their very own mock courtroom. You talk about resources. If you've been severely injured by the negligence of someone else, you should have your rights protected. Just go to justiceforall.com.
4: That's justiceforall.com. Addie Emmett, welcome to Legal News and Review. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you for having me and uh, having the opportunity to speak to everybody. Well, Addy, we're the third largest state, but... Why are so
1: many uh, federal wage and hour lawsuits filed each year? Why, why are businesses being attacked
4: like this? Well, it's it's an interesting phenomenon that everybody's asking about what's going on here in South Florida. And uh, frankly, we have a very, very aggressive uh, plaintiff's bar. Um, we have a lot of uh, uh, spare time on TV at night, uh, <laughs> in different uh, TV networks, and People that don't uh, have anything better to do, they look it up and try to file a lawsuit because the rumor is that people can make money just filing lawsuits. No, really? <laughs> attorneys can. Well, plaintiff's <laughs> attorneys, I mean, that, that's it. we can get into it a little um, in more detail, but part of the problem is that the laws are structured in a way that allows lawyers basically to file lawsuits and puts a lot of pressure on business owners to um, uh, either resolve it quickly or um, just pay the fees to defend themselves. And, and that's a problem because most likely you cannot recover those fees later on, even if you're successful.
1: Well, a serious issue has to do about wage an hour. and what I, I have a friend of mine who has a small business, he had some employees that were being paid very well, uh, but they weren't management. And they would do work at home, work at night, work on the weekends, And then they were let go. And then all of a sudden, knock on the door, came this lawsuit, and the lawsuit was a couple hundred thousand dollars. It was serious money. Could have put them out of business. It probably should have, since they made all their profits by not paying their employees
0: (laughs) appropriately to begin with.
4: that's a big assumption that they didn't pay. But um, it's it's surprising, when when people come to see me, typically, um, I hear the story of we treated this person like a family member. Uh, only today I had a person. Good God. Uh, Why would you do that? So what, they yelled at them, abused them, and took them from granted? You know, the funny <laughs> The funny thing is that <laughs> even, the, even the judge, even the judge, having right. seen everything there is to see on a daily basis, tells the client, you know what, you should not bring these people so close into your home. Why? Because they will not hesitate to turn around and... The
3: most likely people to to hurt you in this world are the people you know and love.
4: You'll you'll be surprised. You have people that sue. uh, You have have the in-home nannies that uh, live with people for 12 years, 13 years, and all of a sudden the kid grows up. There's no more need for them, so they're being laid off. They turn around and they file for minimum wage going back five years, and obviously there are no time records. The law treats you, even if, even if it's your home, the law, treat, the law treats you as an employer and you need to keep certain records. If you don't have them, uh, you're going to find it very difficult to survive. How important are corporate handbooks? Um, corporate handbooks are really, really important because, especially in area, first of all, they allow the company to set guidelines and, and expectations, equal expectations to all employees. And um, as long as the company uh, observes them equally, that's fine. Uh, the other thing it allows them to do, is in certain areas of law such as discrimination, um, it actually allows uh, a defense because if you act um, swiftly uh, within your parameters of, of the anti-discrimination provision, right, and, and you re- you resolve it one way or another, but you're not continuing or, or uh, you know continuing the problem. Uh, that's a defense in in uh, in those circumstances obviously for wage and hour That's not a defense but for wage and hour for instance You can have policies such ar- as arbitration agreements or even fluctuating workweek agreement all these can be inside your your uh, company handbook and then that can become a defense later on are there any uh, any Florida state laws regarding um, relation to harassment there are laws. I mean, the, the question is pretty open-ended. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very difficult. Of course, there are laws in you're Florida not allowed to harass to that. your employees.: I'm sorry. You're not allowed to
3: har- harass your employees. Well, you're not allowed to harass. you're not allowed
4: to retaliate. I mean, the, the Florida laws um, mirror the federal laws to the mo- uh, for the most part. There are some exceptions. for instance, statute limitations can be a little bit different in, in certain areas, but um, for the most part, it mirrors federal laws. I you know, most <laughs> anyway. of the time, when you
3: have a uh, sexual harassment case, I imagine the uh, cover-up is worse than the crime uh, when it comes to uh, the trial part.
4: Well, um, you know, the days have changed. Recent, recently, uh, with with all the events in the news, I mean, things like. Um, before, it used to be considered as a gesture, a nice gesture. For instance, having uh, buying a, a gift to an employee right. would be considered a gesture. Now, it's being alleged to be part of a uh, harassment and, and um, I like guess, sexual harassment claim. Really? Yeah.
2: Just a you, gift. gift. Not like a ninety.
4: Not a ninety. I'm talking about, for like, instance, you know, hey,
2: for your third anniversary of the company, I bought you a personal massage. I'm not talking about that. But <laughs> no, like, I'm talking you bring about bringing an actual, like uh, a. I'm
4: talking about a bottle of of perfume.
2: Oh, Well, yeah. I mean, perfume may not be the smartest thing for an employer to buy an employee. I agree, but. But it, any gift it, or just certain gifts?
4: That's what I'm kind of asking.
2: Well, because I'm surprised to hear. Any, you say I guess that.
4: any gift can be. Uh, depicted as harassment. Like I a pen set, if someone, you know, it, or a watch for retirement. I mean, sure. Certificates it be, target as long as, as, it doesn't mean that it's true. So you're saying it's a subjective it standard? Um, it need, ultimately, it's not a subjective. The allegation is subjective, okay. but ultimately in court, and that's why a lot of discrimination cases fail, even on summary judgment uh, standard, because it needs to be a reasonably objective standard. Gotcha. So, so the problem is that getting to that point costs the employer already a money. Ton of money, right? Yeah. And that's that's really where where everybody's trying to make money. And then just they fire the employee
3: for no good reason, just so they can get out of the lawsuit. Well, or well,
4: the problem is that now you may have opened the door for a retaliation claim.
3: Right. So that's what I'm getting at. The crime is mostly the retaliation, the cover up. Yes.
4: Yeah, so one of the it's things I tell. The follow-up. One of the things I tell my clients is, look, if an employee is a bad employee you can fire the employee even if the employee um, filed a lawsuit against you. What you need to do is you need to make sure that you uh, document Document, those instances so that you can prove later on that you had a a neutral reason, neutral business-type reason for your conduct. If you don't have that, and it happens, let's say, within three months, because more or less the the time period is three months, uh, within three months of of, um, the employee asserting his or her rights, the presumption is going to be that it's retaliatory, so you need to be very careful. about the time as well. Three so months. That's cool. Yeah. So it, it's not a hard line, um, yeah. but if something happens six months after, the court is not going to look at it as uh, temporally connected enough to the event that took place to to uh, the employee filing a lawsuit or the employee um, filing an EOC charge or whatever it is.
2: Hey Eric, who do you got a timeout? <laughs> Well, why, do you, Why do you think that, um, that that so many employers don't take like simple steps to protect themselves? Like, for example, an employee handbook you mentioned earlier seems like such an easy thing to do that does provide a ton of protection. Well, like, what's the deal?
4: Well, here's here's the interesting thing. Most people think about today, not about tomorrow. So, um, taking proactive steps to steps to protect yourselves typically costs money, and when businesses start. They think about how to generate revenue. They think about how to make payroll. They need to. Th- they think about taxes. They don't think about employee management because they think that they can just treat it as a family business. I'll just. We're all. We all like each other. Um, and as businesses grow, then problems grow with them. And what you didn't foresee three years ago, all of a sudden, is taking place, and now it's too late because you don't have these policies in place. Gotcha. So let me ask you this, um, switching
2: gears. If, if for example, um, just purely hypothetically, someone was on a radio show for six years and never got paid, would that be
4: a minimum wage claim and how far back could you go? It all depends. It depends if the person is an employee or yeah, well, an independent that, contractor. Well, if they're not getting paid, they're really neither, huh? Well, if, uh, if the person That's was a an employee. Well, if the person is an employee, <laughs> The person, in essence, is controlling his or her um, schedule and what to do, when to do, how to do it. There is uh, a six criteria test that the judge will look at. It's called the economic reality test, um, and, and not one of them is more important than the other, but the totality of the circumstance will okay. lead the, the judge to agree with that they're either independent contractor or employee. If the person is an employee and you treated that person as an independent contractor and you don't have time records, you don't have pay records or whatever it is, you are in trouble because then the judge can go backwards three years or five years depending on, on which statute uh, we're, we're proceeding under and, and basically uh, take what the employee uh, is saying as true. But prevention... It's always saved me money
1: to be uh, proactive and retroactive. Yes. So if well, if, you're from Chicago. You do prevention a whole different way. That's true. Way. But, but <laughs> if, I, Eddie, if I if I hire you, um, and I want you to review my uh, employee records, so you could tell me, yeah, no, this guy's an independent contractor. Are you crazy? Don't do this. You know, you know what I'm saying.
4: Yes. Like an audit. Well. Yeah. There are two ways to do th- to do these things. Uh, one, you can do the traditional way, which is um, hourly arrangement. And you pay the hourly rate and however long it takes. That's, uh, it takes. Um, it includes going to your facility, looking at your books, seeing what, what it is you want to do, what kind of employees you have, how you want to pay them, how much you want to pay them, see if there's any exemption that uh, applies, see if you have any uh, anti-discrimination policies in place, and, and then constructing it or fixing it. Um, so that's the first way to do it it's the more expensive way to do it. And then the less expensive way to do it and the most uh, cost-effective eff- co- cost way to do it, for especially for small businesses and young mm-hmm. businesses, is to basically um, cap the cost by, by having a, a flat fee that you, uh, that you pay to, to your lawyer, to someone like me. And that fee covers all this work, covers all the telephone calls, covers all the advice that you need. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I hearing correctly? A flat fee? Flat like fee. a retainer. Yes, a flat fee retainer. But here's the kicker. Not only uh, am I going to give you that advice, if someone sues you right for employment issues, I'm gonna defend you for no additional cost. Wow. wow. So that's really Yeah. Um, that's that that's the kicker for that. In in Unfortunately, most of the people that sign up are people that have seen it from the other side Right. because of uh, what I told you earlier, which is it's very difficult for small businesses to foresee the future and justify the small cost when they uh, don't see the big cost yet.
2: Yeah, they're on their second lawsuit when they sign up. For <laughs> That's right. So I would do that for pretty much any client, but it would be like 15 grand a month. Well, <laughs> I, I'm actually I'm actually
4: happy that you say that because it doesn't even cost fifteen hundred dollars a month. No, I'm sure it's not X exp- I'm just teasing. It's, we're talking about we're talking about uh, hundreds of dollars. Well, what um, a great way to control your expenses as a is. as a and business it, owner. And it's all tax deductible, of course, as 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 uh, as an expense, as, as legal expense. Right. And here's the kicker to that. When you go to court, and you remember when we started, I spoke with you about the levers of, of, uh, of pressure that business owners have to settle cases once they're filed. You bet. Uh, and the biggest one is pay the plaintiff a little bit, even if you're right. Pay the plaintiff a little bit because it's going to cost you more to prevail. You mean like a nuisance settlement type thing? Even right. if it's not nuisance, $5,000, 10000 because it's going to cost you more right. to prevail. Uh, this fact, way you don't have to
3: worry about it because you're... When the
4: judge it. when the judge comes to you and, and tells you that, how empowering it is for you as the defendant to say, Your Honor, I know I'm right. And I know that if it's not gonna cost me more to prevail than to settle, because I'm gonna pay the same, even if I go to a jury trial at the wow. end. Wow. Right. Because now federal court trials are not cheap. Fifty, seventy thousand dollars from start to finish. But with this? Or pro, more?
2: That's not even that expensive, and
4: I'm talking about just attorney's fees to defend. No, I hear I'm you. not talking about liability or prevailing party fees or court revolt, when you, all the other nonsense. When, yeah. you, <laughs> when you do my <sharp> progr- when you join my program, right, it ends up being about six, seven thousand for the entire duration, and it's constant. You can basically bu- put it as a budget item. Wow. I mean, so those are pennies. It's to like your account dollars. That's how people
2: pay their, you know, their CPA. Typically, yeah. is a monthly or annual fee, and it, it can so, be a little work so, one year, a lot of work next year. It makes well, a lot of sense for. And a business. it takes
4: away the um, the uh, unknown factor of how much is it going to cost me. Right. You know, you know exactly how much it's going to cost you, and it's going to cost you a lot less than settling on a fake. Uh, You're on truly a fake plan. the defender of business. Then we're, we're trying so. to be. We have we have businesses as small as a small mom and pop. My smallest business is an owner and a uh, and a helper. That's the smallest business that I, I represent. The, the largest business I represent has uh, multiple branches from Jacksonville all the way down to the Keys. Wow! So um, we represent everybody.
3: And you prepare non-compete contracts and yes, and station.
4: and and non-compete and, and arbitration agreements. That's an, another excellent tool to uh, to prevent uh, large lawsuits filed uh, filed against you being filed against you because. Um, there's a way to prevent people from joining together in one lawsuit against you. Um, you avoid juries if you go to arbitration. So there, there are many tools that we have in our, in our arsenal, too. But with uh, the non-compete agreements,
3: do you give it to every employee, no matter what their status, management? Uh,
4: no. You know, that's, that's actually one of the hot topics nowadays. And, um, that's what non- I'm asking. Non-competes. non-competes um, the general rule is that you can't prevent competition. Uh, what you can prevent is the flow of protected information and, and uh, trade secrets and, and unique knowledge and unique processes that you may have. So if, if your intent as, as an employer is simply to prevent someone from crossing the street to the competition, most courts w- are not going to uphold it because people have the right to work. Um, well, in wait a minute. Flow. Are we a right-to-work state? We are a right-to-work. Right, what misnomer, it actually, right? what that does it mean? actually mean? It means that you can work, you can work and leave whenever you want. I can let you go as the employer whenever I want, as long as it's not for any illegal reason. So if you didn't like my shirt, you could send me home. In don't the, don't in, open yourself. Up. In theory, <laughs> in theory, yes, unless I mean, you can find a, a clever lawyer a clever lawyer on the other side, can find perhaps an attachment to the color of your shirt and your gender, for instance. Ah. And then that's when you start having a little bit of, of, uh, of murky waters. So you need to make sure that what you do is it doesn't fall within the protected classes.
3: So you don't issue a non-compete agreement to every employee. It's just to
4: the ones that have specific... Well, look, there is value. Employers seek value for this as well. I mean, some people want to just um, dissuade people from doing something. So even though they know that it's probably not going to be upheld, they still do it. Why? Because it's going to create some sort of an impression with the employee of what not to do. Scare tactic. Yeah. But ultimately, is that going to be successful if it's challenged? Probably not. But, Addie, the marijuana laws have
1: changed some aspects for employment. I mean, you have a, a company like Gary's company has a zero tolerance on um, drugs. I drug do. use. You right. know?
4: Yeah. So zero tolerance. Uh, not uh, to the, the share. There I'm is out. no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't read the fine print. He must the, share.
4: Um, <laughs> you know that that's a that's actually a, a new er, a new area that is is being developed and and it may touch issues related to uh, the uh, ADA, really, or the Family Medical Leave Act. It, there's still, there may be interaction because, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the um, um, uh, marijuana use is for medicinal purposes. So, all of a sudden, if you, let's say, fire someone for, uh, for using marijuana, mm-hmm. and that person, that's, that's the reasonable accommodation for that person for whatever condition they have, they may have an argument that that is something that you should have accommodated. Whether it's successful or not, it remains to be seen. But that's something that, uh, in theory, can be done. Well, what yes, about, can w- you wait?
1: One second. What about pre-employment? But this is marijuana. I know. But what about pre-employment? Can I drug test somebody? Can I look at their credit report? Can I see if uh, they've had any uh, run-ins with the police? Can I look
4: at their Facebook? If you have a good... Re- well, Facebook, for sure you can look at it. Um, if it relates... If it re- let's start with the easy parts. Yeah. If it relates to the job functions... You can do that. So, for instance, if you're hiring a bank teller, you can look at their uh, uh, credit history. You can right. look at their uh, criminal history. Why? Because they're handling money for you. Um, it goes a little bit more, uh, More, you need to make sure that you apply it equally. Mm-hmm. So you can't take a segment of the population, for instance, and, and check them and not, not others because then it raises, it may it has the potential of raising uh, claims for uh, discrimination based on a protected group. Um, so that's, that's what it is. Hmm. It's uh, amazing how the laws have changed so much. Can you
2: not hire cigarette smokers, tobacco smokers or users?
4: Well, let's start this way. I don't think there is a class, a protected class uh, of cigarette smokers. So that's where it starts. Um, And I don't think there is any medicinal reason for you uh, to smoke. So I don't think that you can make an honest argument that you are uh, discriminated against in violation of the law for that. Well, they're addicted, though. Cigarette smokers are addicted. I mean, it's an addiction that's recognized. It, well, but it, but is it a medical condition for purposes of the
1: ADA? No, but it causes increased. What I'm paying for insurance and you're paying for insurance. We're covering those people that smoke cigarettes.
2: Yeah, but marijuana but isn't a, isn't I, a treatment, I, not a. You I, know, that's right. why I'm just wondering well, water, where the yeah. line. is. I have
4: it. not seen. Well, the thing is that marijuana use has been recognized as having medicinal benefits, and cigarette smoking hasn't been recognized as having medicinal uh, benefits, and I think that's going to be a the the point where the analysis of the two. Uh, uh, it actually separate.
2: was years and years ago like in the 50s and 60s <laughs> believe it or not they well. thought it had medicinal benefits. What about um like you know you, if you have kids and they go to school they have you know nut free classrooms. Can you have a nut free workplace if someone has an
4: allergy? You can. Is it is it that's, that's you can kosher? you're not you're not, re- <laughs> you're not required to have it but you can. Okay. However, Let's say you have, and again, it's a fact-sensitive question. Because so you're that,
2: not required. That wouldn't be considered a reasonable accommodation, uh, for example?
4: That's exactly where I was going to because let's say you have a, an office and 90% of your office employees happen to be sensitive to nuts. That situation may require you to have a, an area that is nut-free. Why? Because of your unique circumstance. Gotcha. On the mm-hmm. 3rd of so June. All, all these questions are really fact-sensitive.
1: Yeah, that's why they're fun on the 3rd of June the US Supreme Court this year this month the US Supreme Court unanimously ruled today that the title 7 administrative exhaustion requirement whereby an aggr- aggrieved employee first must file a claim with the EEOC which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission or a state agency before they could file a lawsuit is that going to affect your practice
4: um not really and the reason is because uh, even in that setting, even in that setting, the uh, administrative um, uh, proceeding needs to be defended by an attorney. Mm-hmm. So what happens typically is you can't file a lawsuit uh, under cer- certain laws, um, for for example, for, um, uh, discrimination-related laws. You can't file them without first going through the EEOC or the equivalent uh, county or state board. And Someone needs to present your defender, defense there. Someone needs to attend mediation with you there. Uh, companies in Florida are not allowed to represent themselves. So someone needs to go with you there. And mm-hmm. it's better to go with someone that actually knows the law rather than a family, uh, family friend that happens to be a lawyer. And, and arbitration,
1: important. I know we only have two minutes left. Not even. But arbitration, uh, now it's acceptable
4: in, in work contracts. Do you agree with arbitration? It is smart in certain circumstances um, because, again, it takes away the fact-finding uh, process from the jury who tend to be pro-plaintiff, uh, pro-employee. There are more employees on a jury than there are employers. Um, so, so that's advantage number one. Advantage number two, the process is, is quicker and shorter and in, in cost less time because the, the formalities of discovery are no longer uh, the same. Um, you have the arbitration rules. And, and number three, it allows it allows you to uh, prevent certain several employees filing the same claim with, wow. uh, against you. Each one of them will have to uh, go their own separate. There's no act. binding effect. So we're just, just about by too. out of time. I'm to step on you. Yeah. Uh, Phil. Uh,
2: how would someone get a hold of you? How would an employer uh, get a hold of you to set well, up one of these great uh, flat fee uh,
4: retainer deals? The best yeah. way to contact us is uh, uh, calling us at nine five four five three three five nine two two. Or to email uh, to email me at a D, adi at defenderofbusiness.com, or you can go on our website defenderofbusiness.com. Um, and that's uh, a
2: great uh, great tagline. Yeah, I'm i not going to give it out on the air, but I notice on your business card you do have an after hours emergency telephone line. That is correct. So mm-hmm. you don't have to give it out, though. Uh, you can wait. they have to sign you up before you give them that out. But well, I let them know service. that you're going to get them
4: on a Saturday afternoon right. or a Sunday evening. It's fantastic. We, we answer calls Saturday, Sunday. Whenever people need us, that's where it's we're It's good. Very interesting.
2: You know, more. Uh, more businesses need to take out the kind of insurance you offer by being prepared to prevent these well problems. Put. But I want to thank you for being here, Erica Phil. Thank you, excuse me, <clears throat> very much for being here. And more, I was choked. And more importantly, I want to thank our listeners. Be safe and be
0: legal. You've been listening to the award-winning Legal News and Review, recognized by the Florida Bar's Award of Excellence. Legal News and Review. Featuring Michael Santucci from the law firm of Santucci Priori located in downtown Fort Lauderdale and practicing intellectual property, business and entertainment law and litigation. They can be reached at 500law.com or at 954-351-7474. To contact the legal panel hosts and guests, go to blegalbuzz.com. And to reach Gary Singer, board-certified real estate and syndicated columnist, appearing in 400 media outlets, including the front page of the money section every Monday in the Sun Sentinel, from the law firm of Gary M. Singer, PA, call 954-851-1448 for legal news and review. Remember, be legal.